Hi, I'm a lustful southern belle who loves long walks on the beach, fried chicken, and talking about foghorn's leghorn. It's Condé Nasty. I was the tallest baby in the history of Brooklyn and had a rash on my head until I was three. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how are you? Well, not as good as since I heard your accent, but other than that, I'm hanging in there. Oh, I had a good time. Let me amuse myself. That's what Elliot, matters. That's what matters. Elliot inspired me. You know, we can all take, we can all do like a low-hanging fruit Blanche moment. <laughs> but can we? I think if, if Elliot's performance stands for anything, it's, it's that question underlined. <laughs> and we will get to that shortly. But first, I know you texted me yesterday about the WandaVision finale so spoiler alerts for anybody skip like a minute and a half but what'd you think of the finale it was fine um i i'm never a fan of the big you know laser battle climax of a superhero movie it's just not the part that i'm there for and the last 10 minutes seem to lean very hard into all of these characters will be getting their own movie soon but overall i think it it tied a nice button on the series um Wanda's last scene with Agatha was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like there was, um, I just, I heard some utterances that were pretty negative. And for me, I feel like the show overall was good. It did the big cinematic Marvel wrap up that is kind of boring because it's so trite. Um, so I feel like I'm, I watched the last episode. It was kind of a good becoming moment, but it's definitely one of my least favorite episodes of the series that did a really good job parroting sitcoms throughout the decades so well it's still a good show i'm so glad i watched it I yeah had a friend yeah it was like i feel like i wasted my time on what was an ad and i was like did you not enjoy the first eight episodes i thought it was good the only thing i didn't like was the evan peters tie-in it was just like a wink to us that he was cast not like he's from another universe and that to me was the laziest and least interesting thing yeah. like i i would have rather pretty much anything that choice i was like oh that sucks yeah my biggest complaint with the series is i don't think monica got enough to do after we establish her existence she kind of hovers in the story like i agree i think that that is because they're like i think this is like a we're introducing this becoming moment for this character who will have a bigger role in the future yeah i I think the better ending is some three-part climax three-way climax between yeah. agatha monica and wanda because I monica agree. gets the grief and i think that that's meatier for me um but yeah i still enjoyed it. I, w- I think i said this to you when we first started watching it's like i liked like the first four episodes i think could have been the first two episodes but still it was kind of nice to just watch a show like i'm like i, I liked watch- that it was sitcom oh like, I, I, I love the sitcom liked- stuff too i just thought episode to episode not enough happened to justify that just I enjoyed the living in the worlds of the sitcoms in those eras and trying to piece it together and I think they really did a lot to grab the comedic fodder and enjoy the nostalgia walk that I wouldn't want them to I hear what you're saying in terms of overall like story progression but I think like the journey is the point and I think they did an expert job with that yeah and and it was like I said it was like is this show like a revelation no, but I'm kind of okay with that. It is and it isn't because they really approach nostalgia in a unique way. Yeah, it, it just, is and it isn't. Well, I'm just saying, like, like I actually don't need another show that makes me re-examine all of my humanity. That gets fucking exhausting after a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like for me, the joy of this show was mostly about the sitcom nostalgia, not about the, the larger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I totally enjoyed, and they totally nailed. And, like, like back when we were watching Downton Abbey, and you know how it was, like, unfair how much Mary and Sybil looked fantastic in 20s drag, and Edith didn't? It was, like, that same thing. Elizabeth Olsen looked so good in that, like, 50s housewife drag. I'm like, that really suits you. And even, like, her little kicky Laura Petri Capri pant number, I'm like, steal that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Oh, it was uh, delightful. But, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's totally glad I watched it, but by the end I'm like, and here's the trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, all right, 
That was a little longer than we anticipated, but uh, we are here to recap and discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13, Episode 9, The Snatch Game episode, and we have one of our favorite guests who we love to have on the Snatch Game episodes here with us. Please welcome Valkyrie. Hello! I'm so excited. Uh, I feel like I have a history of being the special guest for Snatch Game. Um, and excited to be back again for this season. Yeah, no, we're thrilled to have you. I uh, I feel like you have a reverence and near encyclopedic knowledge of this show. I feel like I've watched all of it, but you remember all of it, which is great. Um, or certainly more than I do. Um, I You give me too much credit. I think we remember different things, so we're well balanced between all of us. I'll take it. Um, all right, so... We start the episode and, you know, there's the recap of last week and they come back in after the lip sync and Simone says something about a double Shantae and I, my immediate response was, that's not what happened. You definitely won and Rue chose to keep Candy because Rue likes Candy because he likes that big Kool-Aid man burst through the wall drag queen energy in a contestant, so... Uh, and I, like, I thought it was interesting that Simone was like, it's a double Shantae. It really wasn't. I felt like it was intentionally not. Yeah, I felt like Simone was consciously, tr- like, normally, even when there's like the earned double save, the other queens can st- be like, oh, I'm so mad someone stayed. Uh, like, people need to go home because I want to win. Um, I think Simone was like, oh, no, no, I'm going to be happy about this. Um, so I don't get dragged about it. <laughs> oh, that that makes sense, actually. I thought it was interesting that so many of the queens were so excited. I think it's got to be the, like, it, that's got to be, like, the world's weirdest sleepaway camp right now. I agree. I agree. Like that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, they, they all must, by episode 10 of that, they all have to have, like, friendships that are, like, weird and transcend space-time and we'll never be the same again now that they're out. But, like, in that moment, they all have to be bonded in a way that no other season's worth of queens have been. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so then the next day, Rue walks into the workroom with a mini challenge about his, like, 80s punk band nostalgia. What did you guys think of this? I loved moment? RuPaul's suit. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to see the pit crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Th- I was getting worried about them. Like, I'm like, did they really cut the pit crew? Like, come on. Like, you, you know, at this scale, two more people isn't can't be epidemiologically that dangerous. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was fun to have them in, in the very COVID safe way. Um, I was, yeah, I like had no takeaway from this. It was just uh, weird. I, I feel like we're far enough removed from punk, but it hasn't had enough of a resurgence that... It felt like everyone just went for, I'm going to cover myself in the uh, branded product of the week, and that's it. Like, like I, I don't really know enough about punk to make judgments, but it didn't feel like they did either. <laughs> oh, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, it was just it random. Seemed, it seemed much more like glam rock yeah, than punk yeah. in a lot of circumstances. For sure. And, like, it felt like a rehash of the baby challenge from a couple episodes ago which is just get in weird quick drag and make a fool of yourself yes absolutely Um, i also i was like i wanted more snatch game like i would have just preferred if this mini challenge wasn't in this episode i always feel that way in in other snatch games i swear there's i'll have to go back to the archives but i swear in other snatch game episodes she just comes in and says there's no mini challenge this week because it's snatch game yeah, yeah. I uh, especially with nine girls this time, which has never happened. I was like, "Oh my god, it's too many queens." We need so much more time to like fully get what is happening in that snatch. Is game. there? Is this the most there's ever been on snatch game? We have we not seen nine queens before. I, I want to say had. eight is the most, and even that felt crowded. Okay, I thought it was usually eight, sometimes seven, sometimes nine. Um, okay. I mean, okay, so then we move into the moment where Rue is doing his workroom walkthrough, but done COVID safe. And I have to say, I've always sort of felt like, for a long time, I felt like Rue really enjoys issuing concealed victim-blaming pop psychology on these girls in a way that's like, you've got to believe in yourself, but why don't you believe in your... Like, he likes to be the inner saboteur, 
and the inspiring voice of reason just to fuck with them. And for some reason, it not being disguised as a casual walk around the workroom made it feel even more like I'm trying to get in your head and psych you out. Because Rue's advice is generally pretty meaningless. Like, he's definitely tried to talk a lot of people out of winning characters before. And it's really about how you perform it. But that was my take. Monologue. Uh, Valkyrie, what did you think of the, the COVID walk around? It seemed hurried. I feel like the reveal of who everyone was going to be was very unexciting, which normally the queens are all excited to find out who everyone's going to do mm-hmm. too. And I, that same excitement just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then I I think RuPaul was a little more harsh or flat with, and I'm thinking specifically with like Elliot and Tina, where like I didn't necessarily get a nurturing aspect from her. Or even, like, inquisitive questions of, like, are you, are you going to play up this? How are you going to do this? Like, yeah. what is your vision for this character? Yeah. And I, I think even Bob Ross and Utica, which that's a whole other situation. We'll get there. The whole thing just didn't, it didn't seem like enough. And I think that that's my theme for this episode is it wasn't enough. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. I agree. What did you think, Ursula? Um, and do you agree with me that Rue kind of get, tries to get in their heads? Oh, yeah, totally. Just felt the way... Naked pot stirring, totally. Yes. She's not wrong some of the time. Um, like, I... Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, like, I, I want to say, I think the cautions to Olivia and Elliot were the most correct substantively and bore themselves out in the game, and that advice should have been heeded. Yeah, especially for Rue, like... I don't know why people don't remember... Why don't people remember what made the Golden Girls so good? It wasn't just the extremity of the four characters. It was how they worked in concert. And it gave the whole enterprise layers. Like, Blanche isn't just man-hungry. She's also covering, like, a layer of desperation and loneliness and vanity and ego. Like, there's there's so much more going on there that when it bounces off Rose's naivete and Dorothy's sarcasm, that's where the comedy comes from. And I don't know why people don't get that. It's, it's like you can't sing just the harmony. <laughs> and I and I'm not saying you can't do a good Golden Girls character, but you have to then You absolutely can. We've just not seen anybody right. do that. It's just everyone plays the one joke Blanche plays when she's in the group. They don't even play it. Yeah. That's the thing. I we've yet to see somebody do a good Golden Girl. Like, it's not even at like baseline Rue McClanahan do, like just standard. Like they don't come in with jokes. Like it's only we've only ever seen it done poorly and i'm not saying it doesn't have challenges it's not i'm saying the girls who've done poorly doing it have done poorly doing it because they did a shitty job like i absolutely believe there are people who could kill doing blanche we have just not seen that stage game ever i think it's an important point though in like the golden girls are super successful because they play off of each other yeah absolutely and in the snatch game it's such a individual and like you play against other characters but like that i feel like that is so much extra to bring and you're putting an even bigger challenge but that's true for so many characters like my point is just like when people are like we're blacklisting this character we think it can't be done funny because we've only seen not funny people try and fail at attempting at it like i agree with what both of you are saying i just don't actually think it's it's like Somebody who's taken, like, the full UCB curriculum and is a drag queen who's very funny and gets that character could fucking nail at it. Elliot coming in, like, monotone, dead in the eyes, that's not going to do it. Yeah. I, that, that's, that's what I'm No, saying. I get it. Moving on to uh, Utica, which I think we all, re- we all need to talk about. Oh, so let's talk about the talk through on that. Because as a Caucasian person who has relatives whose hair is like that like irish catholics with really dense curls like Mary queen of scots who like absolutely had afros in the 70s because that was the natural state of their hair that whole moment with utica i was like what is happening so like yeah i don't i don't like to be one of those people where it's like oh the kids are too woke today but in this one instance the oh, kid, it was insane. The kid was too woke. Like Rue was like, there are Caucasian people with that hair. Right. I like, don't... like, like, like the, the, there is a parallel. The Jew fro. That is what it's called because it's 
that's the texture of that group of people. Like, like it also fundamentally misunderstands even giving Utica the benefit of the doubt, it fundamentally misunderstands the objections to cultural appropriation. Absolutely. It's like, like they're not saying white people can't have curly hair. They're saying white people can't adopt the style choices traditionally associated with people of color inside a system that also diminishes the people. Like there's a whole other thing going on here. And incidentally having frizzy hair is not that. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was bizarre to me. Um, I, I do think it was a lot more about her concern of how she's going to be portrayed on the television show and her getting too far ahead of ourselves on what critiques and feedback is going to get thrown at her. So I think she just went to, I need to play it safe. I need to be nice. I need to be loved. I don't want to make any stupid mistakes. Yeah, you have to love a person who's playing it safe is a Isle of Dr. Moreau mass of taxidermy squirrels it was just so strong and wrong i like it's it's like i get the intentionality but it's such an extreme hyper correction that there is a level of i get that you're utica but you still have to be able to step outside of this and see where you've gone wrong oh no no we we all have that theater friend who strong arms us into their one-man show that's in like a little black box of a third floor walk up and it starts at like 11:20 very specifically 11:20 and when you try to explain why you didn't enjoy it they talk at you like you're the problem and this is the closest Utica's ever been to that person where it's just like oh h- honey that is such a vibe and you are so right <laughs> it's like like i love how much you love your creativity but th- you did come on a game show it, it's it's you do have to play the game in this case yeah. the snatch game just oh god cringed with my whole body that whole yeah. conversation yeah i and so i'm gonna say something but i'm gonna acknowledge first i love utica and this may be completely me trying to justify weird decisions mm-hmm. i think there is a space where that weird squirrel wig could have worked if she incorporated it more into the character and like was like these squirrels naturally started to live on my head from all my beautiful paintings and like they came from all my happy little trees, trees. yeah like like there was oh no there, there there's that... a way to do a comedy tie-in to justify the wig the wig as like you're right and it's real obvious like it's it's easy to come up with a bunch of funny ways to do it with what bob ross paints it in a vacuum it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, we can get into it more later, but I laughed out loud at some things Utica did. I enjoyed the humor. It was completely wrong for Snatch Game. And it was probably completely wrong for any challenge on Drag Race. But, like, I found humor in it. I enjoyed it outside of context. Okay, so we've been talking about the talk-throughs, but then within that, the Snatch Game. So let's just get... Right into the Snatch Game now. Um, so we have Raven and Porkchop as the contestants, which I love. I love... Raven has really relaxed and become a lot more comfortable being funny in many contexts. Like, she had a good time with this. Oh, they, and I she like looks fantastic. She she looks great these days. So then, right off the bat, the, conte- the first contestant we have is Simone as Harriet Tubman. I thought this was so funny. It was great. She was so funny. I thought it was such a good choice to have her do kind of a suspicious older black woman now who like loudly and reasonably does not trust white people. Like I thought that was such a fun take and she had such a good physicality to and it was specific yeah it it gave me notes of like uh like octavia spencer doing it on drunk history like yeah there was like a real like if nothing else there was a clear idea of who this person was in this context and she had jokes yeah yeah what did you think about her i really enjoyed it i was worried both for simone and for rose about how are they going to bring these historical characters into modern times? And like, that could either go really badly or really well. And I, Simone made a lot of very smart choices and uh, did a really good job of staying true to the character and not like just letting Simone come out and be a generic black. And she covered that Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lewis gaffe perfectly. 
Can I say, I actually think that was like a totally authentic moment. And she was so in the character of like an older black woman. I like, I know in terms of the physicality and the vocal responses and stuff that like as Harriet Tubman, as that woman now that her, when she like got that she missed it, it was, so, it was like, she was still in that character, which made it actually fun. Like it was even better. Right. I, I read that as she was so ready to be erased that she inserted it when it wasn't there. Then, then it was like, her, she rounded up to Jennifer Lawrence because she was like preparing herself to hear Jennifer Lawrence. And that's funny and in character for the character she's created. Totally. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I bet Jennifer um, Lewis laughed out loud. I bet she swore too, but I bet she thought that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> so do I. There's also a weird bit of history behind that too. Cause uh, the rumor goes in the nineties, when the Harriet Tubman movie first came out, a studio executive wanted Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. I heard that. I'd be- I had suppressed it, but I had heard that. Because, and- like, Julia Roberts was, like, the top of the game. Like, everyone, she was the America's sweetheart. I have never that heard way. that, and that's so insane. I have no idea how to dissect that. Because I get that, like... But Harriet Tubman, I mean, for fuck's sake... It could be Hollywood rumors and just a fun story oh, I that absolutely, keeps popping up. There are enough confirmed things where I'm just like, no, that I absolutely believe someone who doesn't get the problem um, totally seriously suggested that. Like, sure. <sighs> okay, moving on. Uh, so then we have Gottmik as Paris Hilton, my all-star of the... I think oh, yeah. all-star of the episode. Completely nailing Paris Hilton in every way. Valkyrie, what'd you think? Uh, it, I'm not the biggest Paris Hilton fan. I never got on that train, even when she was hot, to borrow a word from her. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to be her and justify that. Uh, but it, it was good. It was funny. Not being a fan of that didn't hinder me. She still hit points home really well. Like, undeniably she was one of the best on that panel yeah no she killed it um and i like that she knows who paris hilton is but also knows um like what is funny about the idea of paris hilton and so like i mean she she knew how to play exactly this it was so it was so well done what got me as so impressive was it's it's such a traditional snatch game performance like you know, a lot of the bigger, more successful Snatch Game performances in recent years have been, you know, playing two characters, playing a man, playing a fictional version. She literally just did a spot-on impersonation of an actual celebrity while making... She made herself look like the celebrity, she made herself sound like the celebrity, and then she was funny inside the established, recognized personality of that celebrity. And that's like season two Snatch Game. Like, that, like... There's something uh, there's something astonishing by how well she did by doing precisely an old school snatch game. I feel like you tend to focus a lot on the character choice in terms of what will work or not. And I push against that because for me, I feel like she embodied the character, but was also funny as the character and was also making fun of the character. Yeah. And I feel like for me, the character choice it matters like there are benefits and disadvantages and what can you pull off etc but for me it like in the end it's can you be funny on the snatch game as whatever character you chose because you can come into something we don't know but if you're fun like if you're funny as that person it'll land do you know do you know what i mean like yeah i get what you're saying I'm, I'm it, just... do, it doesn't surprise me uh that this because Gottmik just seems very smart. Oh yeah, no, I, she. It, it, I was just saying it was interesting to see such a success from someone who wasn't trying to game snatch game in a way. That makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't a risk, but it was like solidly classic, like textbook. Snatch yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have Mary Queen of Scots, Ursula. I'd love your take on this. Um, I was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I think ultimately it was a little one note. Like the, the like joke she established in her intro just kind of stayed at that point. There wasn't a lot of variation. That being said, it was very funny. Um, 
She she was. She really laid that brogue on thick. Oh yeah. Oh, There's yeah. no way Mary Queen of Scots sounded like. Oh yeah. That, By the but... time the closed captioning couldn't keep up, I'm like, well, that's great. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, also, little little historical side trip. Mary Queen, the thing Mary Queen of Scots got arrested for that got her like into Elizabeth's custody in the first place was the political fallout of allegedly having blown up and killed her bisexual syphilitic husband and his lover. Fun. They do not tell the gay parts of history. And they really don't. They don't. Come on. Where is that in school? Where is it? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I loved it. It was very funny. Like, and I for there was something about Rosé doing her bringing out the Scottish parts of her personality that really loosened her up and solved the Rosé problem of dead in the eyes of and dead like in not the eyes. Really charming. Yeah. I I agree with you. Um, and I think. And I don't think that's like because an accent just changes me. I think Rose changes. Yeah, I um, I think there's some, maybe it's some it maybe it's one of those like Anne Hathaway said where it's like it's the place not the accent. Maybe there like maybe it's like or it's like the person not the accent. Like there's got to yeah. be some favorite auntie or uncle or grandparent in that impression that just gives Rose access to more parts of her personality. There are a lot of times where I feel like Rosé feels a little dead in the eyes, even when Rosé is trying, and I have not felt that way when Rosé has done the Scottish accent yeah. before. Um, quite I think opposite. one other piece about Rosé that I really liked is that she edu- she brought people and gave them more knowledge about who Mary Queen of Scots was. Yeah. And in a funny way that made sense within Snatch Game that other characters did not on that panel. And it, like... Yeah, it's just kind of stayed at that note, but I still felt like she gave us that history in a appropriate way for us to enjoy the character better. Yeah, I agree with you. I am a little like, I know that I'm old and schools barely teach any history anymore, but like, do people really not know who Mary Queen of Scots is? That that's... I know next to nothing Okay. about Mary Queen of Scots. Okay. I can guess she was the Queen of Scotland. I couldn't really well, tell you anymore. That is that. an excellent use of context clues. So your your inductive reasoning skills are great. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And then we have Tina Burner as Richard Simmons. I'll say she kept her energy up the whole time, but I didn't find it to be that successful, starting with the fact that apparently she, without saying it, also apparently didn't want to wear a white person fro because that was not a Richard Simmons wig. That was what Ethel Merman, Margaret Thatcher. Like, yeah, that was just not, that wasn't a curly wig. That was, that was helmet hair. That was the weirdest choice. That hair looked nothing like I was so, and the hair is part of channeling Richard Simmons. Yeah. It's very, it's one of those specific, like that and the tank top are specific and the short shorts are specifically Richard Simmons. I think if, I, I honestly don't know if I would have found this performance funny with the right wig. I think I would have actually laughed a couple times. Instead, it was sort of there and competent, but not entertaining, which is sort of how I feel about Tina Burner. Yeah, all the time. yeah, yeah. Safe. This, this, this was a safe performance. It was not bad, but it was also not good. And that's kind of what I've thought about Tina a lot. Um, Valkyrie, you looked very yeah. tentative. Do you have thoughts on this? I think she did enough to make me immediately realize it was Richard Simmons. And I think the look was fine. And I, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the hair and that it's a drag interpretation of Richard Simmons's hair. Okay. Um, much like other Queens interpreted hair in other ways. Yeah. That See, to me, it just, it didn't, it, it is part of Richard Simmons and I'm not sure that I would have felt, I think I would have felt very, much more positively about the performance with the right wig, but that's me. Yeah, I I'm not saying it's critiques about her actual performance, and she was very high energy, but I think it was the wrong type of energy. Like Richard Simmons wasn't like, oh, we need to work out, we need to jog, you need to lift weights. Richard Simmons was like, you need to do what you can. Like we're all in this together. If you have to rest, rest. Or like no Barbara so Streisand more... references, no like innuendos about a man, yeah. no like like. Didn't say anything back to Denali when Denali described her ideal man. Like, so great at, like, a libidinous innuendo that still feels, like, Christian family friendly because it's, like, sort of concealed. Like, there's so much more you could do with Richard Simmons that is actually funny that that 
Tina did not do. Right, and like Rue gave her that intro for like the you know where's Richard Simmons bit. Yeah, and didn't play with that. I know, at all. and she like she like barely ticked the box of acknowledging it's a thing. Like if you want to make that like. Like, what a weird world of Snatch Game where both Harriet Tubman and Richard Simmons both enter the stage. Terrified people are looking for them. I don't know why, but somehow I think that would have really sung. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. Next, we have Candy Muse as Patrick Starr. Valkyrie, do you know who Patrick Starr is? No, I... I know the name. I can match it with a face. I've never seen them live. Okay. I also want to say before I, I dig into that is once I learned Snatch Game was this week, I assumed they saved Candy because they thought Candy was going to murder Snatch Game. Oh, absolutely. And so I was all geared up, super excited to get this like flat-lined Candy Muse in a turban and nothing else. That like, they saved you for no reason. And yeah. you gave like a very like if other people were better she would have been in the bottom but it ended up being safe looking at the whole oh yeah like my journey for this character was first i thought it was jeffrey star and then googled patrick star and because i didn't include enough r's the person that google returned in my first search was the, was the spongebob character which honestly i honestly i would have loved that honestly like and the turban would have worked like you could have made that the starfish point i think that would have been amazing um yeah beyond that it was it was one joke about food and 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 no attempt to modulate candy muse uh battling just none so i had stepped away and didn't see the the picture they do real quick um i like went to the bathroom at the transition of this episode and i didn't see the patrick star picture at first i thought it was jeffree star I rewatched it when I realized it was Patrick Starr, whose video... I sometimes watch makeup videos as, like, my ASMR. And here's the thing. In terms of the physicality, now it's actually sort of in the neighborhood. But at first I was like, Candy's not doing Jeffree Star at all. And then I was like, Candy looks like Patrick Starr and isn't doing Patrick Starr at all. Patrick Starr has a very high, very feminine voice. Um... And Candy was Candy dressed like Patrick Starr. And you can uh, do that. To such a strong extent. Yeah, you, you can do that, but then you have to sell it and explain it. Like, like, oh, I can't do that voice today. Or I have, like, like you have to, like, really land. Like, you're, you have to make that gravelly voice now the choice. Like, the secret real Patrick Starr or something. Just some thought behind it yeah and there to was me I, I i felt very strongly that candy muse was in no way doing candy muse's character where i was like to me the fact that candy muse was not in the bottom three this week is like oh they're not even judging her as a contestant anymore they're like hoping we don't notice like she's not really competing because that was nowhere near well, the actual i'll, character. Say, I'll say it like, this way compared to the three that were in the bottom I think by comparison, Candy Muse was safe, but there's an unwritten rule that if you're if you're saved and then you're safe, you're out. Like you pretty much have to win in order to justify being saved. Um, that's certainly the rule for returning queens, but it's just like, come on. Yeah, Do you feel think... like Candy was Candy wasn't doing the impersonation at all, but she was funny on the Snatch Game, so that might have landed her like you know fourth from the bottom i think candy had enough laughs and had more laughs than any of the girls in the bottom three okay and that's what saved her yeah um but she is solid you're right you walk me back to reasonable i was just like wow they're not even like saying anything but you're right but she's solidly four and like all of her jokes were like fat jokes or dick jokes which is like my understanding of who patrick star is has nothing to do with food and for her to lean into food being what she's going to make funny of this character yeah. was a wrong decision and was what Candy was comfortable with and not any part of that character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And then we have Olivia. I got, like, nothing to say. One this of the worst like... Snatch Game performances ever. <laughs> really? Okay. Even including Kenya Michaels. Okay. Well, I didn't say the worst. I said one of the worst. <laughs> okay. But that was terrible. It was never funny. It was it was weirdly disengaged. Like it 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 didn't even follow like the basic rules 
of theater game, which you assume Olivia would be able to do. Yes. Um, just, and maybe, maybe that's the problem. I was expecting, like, it's one of those, okay, you picked a somewhat unknown person. I expect you to be able to make a clear enough decision and then carry it with your luminous luminance. Just luminous, just like, I expected Olivia to be able to charm her way through this. And when she couldn't, that was shocking to me how disconnected she was. I'm like, what happened? I didn't know, I honestly didn't know what to expect from Olivia for this challenge, but I was unimpressed because yeah. it seemed like even the source material that she was choosing to respond to with was like unnecessarily narrow, even for Snatch Game, that she couldn't actually be funny. She had nothing funny to say. And I feel like Olivia, it seems like she doesn't always think everything through, but she's so charming. She's able to just get through it. And it was very clear to me here that she, like, didn't understand what prepping for this really looks like. I don't know. It was just, I was, like, it could, like, lackluster yeah. to the nth degree. Yeah. I, what did you think, Valkyrie? This was also my counterpoint to, like, Rosé sharing a history. Whereas, you you know you chose a character who's a little more obscure, but then you don't try to catch people up on who this person is, let alone how they can be funny. Um, and it, it it didn't even just feel like a person. And the joke she did try to land, like the barbecue rib joke, took her five minutes to get to the punchline we already knew in minute one. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, next, we have my number two performance, which is Denali as Jonathan Van Ness. I feel like JVN is actually a very hard person to do in Snatch Game because he is so over the top and kind of seems like a caricature or a parody, both in his physicality and his humor and his vocal cadence. And I feel like if you are somebody who follows JVN on Instagram, if you've watched like one season of The New Queer Eye, he has very specific physicalities and types of speech patterns. And I feel like Denali nailed them, but also parodied and exaggerated them and managed to be funny along the way. I was very impressed with this performance. I liked it. I so I watched it on Friday night and then I rewatched it this morning and I, the first time through I was a little not cold but just kind of lukewarm on Denali's performance but then literally the entire internet was just tripping over themselves so I was like maybe I'm wrong. Um and it's still my number 4. I think my top 3 is still Simone um Gottmik and Rosé. But Denali was good, and I agree. She she did nail, from a technical standpoint, the Jonathan Van Ness of it all. It just didn't do it for me, but I'm fully acknowledging that is an intensely subjective um, assessment and not an actual judgment on the quality. She did have the character down. She was responsive to the jokes, and she was present. She was in the moment um, very well the entire time, which is largely where even the, the queens who fail... You know, anyone can tell a misfired joke. It's just, it's clear if I can see you, the person, not your character, sitting there and thinking. And Denali never gave us that. She was present as her character the whole time. Yeah, I think this is one of the best impersonations we've seen on any Snatch game. I agree. Um, and it, like, if you just played me that audio, I might not realize it wasn't actually Jonathan Van Ness. Um, and then add a very solid physical performance that wig was well. perfect the wig was perfect uh, do you, do you, have you watched any of the new queer Eye? yeah i've like... watched about a season and a half and okay and i follow jonathan van ness on on instagram okay. it's like so a nice you little you get what i'm saying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's because i agree with you valkyrie i like i think this is a very hard character to do and in terms of impersonation alone like one of the best we've seen in snatch game um, i i do want to add though i think I don't think she made it funny enough. I agree. Like Jonathan Van Ness is, is a very warm, funny, humorous person uh, and loving spirit. But it, And that was in that character. But you were Jonathan Van Ness. You didn't take it anywhere different for me, which is where I, I think that my critique of it is. And it's a very minimal critique, but it's like you didn't exaggerate anything enough. You, you stayed in a very well impersonation that... Uh, I, I think you could have taken farther or more. Might have been a little more risky, but... I think they. I think Denali was 
Jonathan Van Ness at like 125% as opposed to the 100% he's at like all the time. And for me, you couldn't go any farther than that and not look like you were a tape of a person on Fast Forward. Um, I disagree with that assessment, but that's we fine. can disagree. Yeah, yeah. That being said, she's still my, in my top three. Mine would have been Simone, uh, Gottmik, and Denali. That makes sense. Um, and then Elliot is Blanche, which we I feel like we've already discussed, but does anybody have anything else they'd like to say? Ooh, sorry. No, I'm not going to be that mean. Um, it was bad. We know it's bad. She knows it's bad. Yeah, yeah. I like Elliot. It was like, it really, ha- it, you have to do Blanche, but bigger. You know who she should have done? And that's a big ass. Yeah, you, you know who she should have done is the mom from uh, Modern Family. I think that would have played to her strengths, and then she could have exaggerated that in like a real bitchy way. That would have, it would have at least been safe. It- I actually think that would have been a really good like outlet for some of Elliot's emotional turmoil in the game. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been like, healthy and enjoyable for Elliot to act out. Yeah. Um, it would have been like a nice advice. Uh, <laughs> and then Ooh. the, what made this episode so hard to watch? I watched this entire snatch game on Friday night through clenched fingers. Like it was a horror movie. Yeah. My, I feel sorry for my husband. I think he is like bruises for me grabbing his arm, like <laughs> physically upset. Um, I'm becoming my mother. Uh, Valkyrie. What did you think of Utica's performance? I think Utica tried, she overthought it and then tried to do too many different things and none of them clicked and landed. Whereas I think if she was a little more focused and thoughtful about things like if all of her answers were just her paintings on a card and didn't have any words and she just talks about how many little trees or happy birds were in them. That that would have been funny in a not that whatever weird voice she was putting on, but in an actual Bob Rob voice. That could have landed for me. And it just there were so many weird decisions and so many wrong decisions that it ended up being a very bad uh performance. Right. It felt like a I don't know, like an like a like Jim Carrey doing Bob Ross on In Living Color or something. Like it felt like Bob Ross by way of Fire Marshal Bill, who was just like this weird intent. Like is the joke that Bob Ross is like secretly insane or a serial killer? The voice was weird. The beard was wrong. What the beard? Jafar had a less pointy beard than than she gave Bob Ross. Yes, <laughs> I feel like she really was not doing the voice or the physicality of Bob Ross in the slightest. It almost felt, it felt like a menacing Western villain sort of energy, beard, etc. Like it was just so, such a bizarre choice. Um, I like, it was so bad and she wasn't funny and she wasn't him. And I honestly think Bob Ross, if done well as somebody where there's like a whole, if you can pull it off, there's like, I think comedy gold. Oh yeah, that that deadpan lets you get away with anything. Like if she could have kept that like quiet, happy tree ASMR voice, she could have said like, "You're a fucking cunt, and I hope you die in a fire." Yeah, and it would have been hilarious. Oh no, there's so many. There's so many ways that you can make it funny. It was so ripe and like nothing. It was so. It was so. I just I expected honestly with Utica I expected some strong choices that would actually be very funny and some things that would be like what we got and instead it was just like the most painful crickets in the world yeah like um, like she clearly I, I didn't, hated it she clearly did not take the lesson she should have from the bossy Rossi after dark challenge which is you cannot make us like your choices through f- sheer strength of will like <laughs> yeah okay so we really covered Go I ahead. do want to add my favorite thing in this whole episode was when Utica just deadpan stares at RuPaul and spray paints the card green. Like I found that so funny. Like my I'm glad anyone not, did. I'm my glad. husband did not and stared at me like what the fuck is happening. But yeah. that one moment totally does not make sense. Totally is not a good choice for the snatch game. 
but I want to watch that a million times over and over and over. And I'm over. glad anyone does. I don't think I'll ever watch this performance again. It was so, like, yeah. cringing. It was like, is Utica on bath salts right now? <laughs> the only time um, I, will, I will rewatch this performance is when I close my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Do we have any other points on the Snatch Game itself? Uh, I love the button at the end of giving Raven one more second place finish on Drag Race. That A-class writing people. I agree. I agree. And Raven really knows how to have fun with that. All right. Um, well, then with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll take it to the runway. Isolated at home, desperate for human contact, but afraid of risking the other side of your front door, wondering if you still remember the scent of a man. Distant Daddy Deliveries is here to help. Once a week, we'll send a handsome silver fox to your home who will maintain six feet of physical distance and a world of emotional distance, just like your real father. Do you find you miss the feeling of never being good enough? Do you ache for disapproving silence? Have you finally given in to the fact that you'll only ever love men who will never love you back? Distant Daddy Deliveries is here for you. And Reading Drag Race has a special offer code just for you. Go to the website and enter the code FREUDIAN for all your disapproving father figure needs. And for those of you looking for the opposite experience, we'll be setting up our other service where we send you an oversharing mother with no boundaries, whose well-intentioned support still sometimes feels oppressive like a weighted blanket, next week. All right, and we are back to Take It to the Runway. Uh, This week's category is Fascinating Fascinators. Valkyrie, what did you think? Did anything on this runway stand out to you? Uh... Just that the category was so weird. Like, I think it's a very hard thing to figure out. How do I make something hanging off of my head the focal point of an outfit? Um, And I think some people were more successful with that than others. Uh, But yeah, I guess I was like, my initial reaction was like, that's a weird theme. Yeah. How is that going to happen? The show's been on for 13 seasons now. It's okay to repeat a runway. Yeah, they rarely do, and I wish they would more. I honestly was very excited, and I think it provides a lot of opportunity, but I also feel like the queens were so, like, whatever I do has to be out of the box that it, in the end, felt like everybody was trying to do something out of the box that was really more about just what can I put on my head to make a costume that involves something put on my head, where in the end it felt like, did anybody do aesthetically within the realm of what you think of when you think of a fascinator kind of no even like olivia i was like i'm sure at least olivia will come out looking like the weirdest bitch at the kentucky derby but like old hollywood glam and that didn't happen it was like uh fasten something to your head look yeah i would say rosé got closest like this is giving me absolutely it's giving me my fair lady at ascot gavotte while we're using horse races as the um yeah (laughs) as the anchor point (laughs) No, I, I agree with you there. Um, I I will say though, um, Lala Ree had a much better Rose Fascinator outfit that she posted on Instagram. Um, if you have not, I'm do- go. I'm look- find it. I'm looking at it. Ri- I'm going to look it up right now. Um, and Rose's is good. Lala Ree's is better, and I I think that says a lot because I have not liked a lot of things Lala Ree has worn on the runway. You're kidding. Even if she didn't make it herself. Well, hush my mouth. Like, yeah, that's better. That, that's great. That's great. Um, so I was really surprised to see Olivia do this, like, mad scientist moment. Because she's normally relies on old Hollywood glam and her charm. And honestly, this is an instance where I was like, oh, I wish she didn't think outside the box. I would have loved to see you in that. Um, but... I liked Denali's because it was just camp. I liked the political statement of Simone's. I also liked that the way that dress was, it built in the illusion of body at the hips. Because, uh, you know, I wish Simone would pad a touch. Um, Got Mix, I thought, was really great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, Tina Burners was like, this is camp without the fun again. Yeah, like, okay. You, you packed a lot of feelings in there. I'm going to go down the line. Um, 
I liked Olivia's too. I think the headpiece itself is very well done. It does actually look like a splashing drop of mercury, which I'm like, yeah. that okay, that's a hard brief, and he did it. I wish the coat were lined. That's all I'm going to say. I wanted like a little hint of color when she yeah. walked and the coat opened, but I can let that go. I agree Gotmix was great, and it, I it almost felt like... I know, obviously, she would have planned this weeks in advance, but it was kind of like, given the punk challenge at the top, it felt like a great button. Like, it like it, made, it gave her a really cohesive episode. Um, yeah. I like Denali's, and I get the critique that the dress looks like a Halloween costume, but I feel like that's just the slightly more politic cousin of calling it crafty. I think there's a strong tradition of drag queens wearing nakedly costumey things like i i think i think yes. we, we drifted into this idea that every drag look has to be couture and i'm like nope a drag queen going to a pop-up halloween store buying two costumes and frankensteining together a drag look is a perfect denali does not have to do that with that figure but go on but you know what i mean like yeah um i and i will say the coffee the coffee thing does actually elevate the look and the skating was like the perfect. It was super fun. Yeah, it takes you to a place in space. It fit the category. It was a fun take on it. I'm a little like, did she nail it as like an entertaining thing to do on this runway? Yes. Yeah. Like, so I'm not gonna not. Yeah, it. maybe if she had sequined here or there, we might have been a little more ooh. But I'm like, yeah, it's perfectly good. It's very good, really. And it like normally at. We've criticized Denali's pieces for being a little overthought or a little overstructured. And I think this looked great. Her face looked great. It was cute. It was fun. It, I went and listened to the Waitress soundtrack. So there you go. Like, yeah. all of that worked. Um, I have a giant problem with Denali's outfit. Which is? Okay. It looks like rollerblades are growing out of her feet. And she has nothing that looks like a shoe. I'll give you that. Because there's a nude illusion Going from the rollerblades, it's very into her skirt. figure skater, not roller skater. I I, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I hate it. Okay, I'll give you that. That okay. part of it, it's cute otherwise, but like, and nobody called out that she essentially is not wearing a shoe. I get that. I I, I think they were just like figure skaters do that. I would have preferred an exposed, even though it's a rollerblade and not a roller skate, because I'm sure she's much better on rollerblades. So, right choice. I still would have rather just seen it with a rollerblade. Yeah. But I'm guessing that probably takes away from the, the era feel. There's a cover or there's a solution in there. I do not... think that I think the solution is actually a cover that you put over the stocking that's down covering your probably yes. very 90s looking rollerblade. Um, yeah. So it doesn't take you out of it. But I, I love Simone. I get it. I love Simone's look. It made me think just because it's a, you know, a white dress. It made me think of uh, Mariah's talent show performance okay. as Marie Laveau. And when I thought about that, I, wa I, I will say, like, I think Mariah's interpretation of that was, like, more integrated. It felt like when I first thought about it, Simone's dress was like, the front is very pretty and beautiful. The back is a powerful statement. And it didn't quite, they didn't merge for me. But then what, what I think actually makes this work is when instead of pairing the front of the dress with the back of the dress in my head, I'm pairing the back of the dress with her snatch game performance. I feel like this runway look is actually pretty calibrated to put the serious, uh, how to, how to say this? It, it puts the teeth into this, into the comedy of her Harriet Tubman. Like I actually, like viewing those two together, I actually think like, wow, that's a fucking amazing pair of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Simone is, you know, very often and very intelligently political on this show. And I appreciate that. I'll say when Simone first came on the runway, I was confused. Looking at the front of that garment, it's a very structured, very square dress with a very round, flowy, circular fascinator. And that I was having a hard time reconciling how these two pieces actually go together beyond them both being white. Um, but I think the statement and the back of the dress were amazing. I think particularly the stoned uh, bullet wounds yeah. looked amazing. That is something that could have been, if done differently, could have looked really bad. Yeah. But it, it was so well done that like, I forgave my confusion around the two pieces fitting together yeah, because yeah. of the story she decided to tell. 
Yeah. I I appreciated the story she told so much. I don't know if I would have. I don't know how I would have felt if she came out in something that did involve a fascinator that was much more immediately recognizable as like the image of an angel that we have in our larger culture. Like I don't know if I would have. It would have landed without the voiceover for me, and if I would have been more affected by seeing her come out looking like a beautiful angel in like a flowing gown with a halo fascinator piece and then turned around and saw say their names like that might have hit harder i i don't know moving on um did did either of you recognize elliot's as a flamingo no me neither i recognized it as saggy scrote skin hanging off of her arm and leg yeah it didn't work for me i i don't know what to say like it 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 just feels like asymmetrical for no good reason and this beige color is like not doing anything that it it like i feel like i look at it and i'm like i see what you were trying to do it like really didn't get there like what if she was gonna do would it have worked better if it were a nude illusion tight on the arm and leg would that have made the one leg? Yes. And then she would have had to stand on one leg at some point. That's what was missing for me. I'm like, flamingos actually have two legs. No, I think if she had a <laughs> nude tight and a bare arm, yeah, nude tight on the one leg and a bare arm, she wouldn't even have had to stand. It would have like given you what it Yeah, I just to. wasn't getting it. Um, I didn't like Tina's at all. It was like... Camp without the fun. Yeah, that head, that horse head was weird, and she definitely thought a bunch of these girls were going to show up looking like Queen Elizabeth, and she was going to flip the script, coming in looking like the horse. Yeah, Ugh. but then that just reminds me of season one UK, where I much prefer Davina De Campo, Davina De Campo's look, um, to this. Yeah, I get what she was doing. It just like it didn't. It did rely on a context that the other queens did not give her because no one was going to do anything that basic. And Candy's was so uninspired, I have, like, nothing to say yeah, about it. It, was... it didn't fit her. It's not a flattering color for her skin tone. It wasn't a fascinator. It was like a bandana with feathers spelling muse very largely. It was such a weird choice. Yeah, it was... Or it looked like it spelled plume when she turned around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which it is feathers. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but like okay. it took me a very hard time to understand what was going on. And then she turned around and I was even more ex- confused. Yeah. Between this and her snatch game performance, I was truly, I mean, you guys have talked me back, but I'm de- I was definitely like, they're not even judging her anymore. They're just like, we like that you're loud. We'll send you home fifth. Yeah. Um, I liked Utica's. On the one hand, her fascinator isn't really a fascinator it's just an object on her head but the complete look is really cute and by comparison this is an understated utica look like there are uh, the correct number of ants there are not two other ideas going on i'm like i really liked this um overall yes she did a good job they're very strong decision choices I still don't understand the one giant puffy sleeve. Yeah, what is that supposed to be? Is it like a Totino's pizza roll? What am I looking at? I was like, is like there's red swirlies on it. Is it a weird corn dog with ketchup at a picnic? I I don't think it. there is a reason or okay. anything that makes sense with it. Yeah. The garters were fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I think Utica does fun things on the runway. Um Still, in my opinion, the best look of the season is her sleeping bag moment. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So we have our tops and bottoms. The top three being, uh, was it, it was uh, Rosé, Denali, and Gottmik, and Gottmik wins. We, by and large, all agree with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we have the bottom three being Utica, Olivia, and Elliot. Uh, I think we're all in agreement there, though obviously I have strong feelings about Candy Muse not really being Oh no, judged. I think they should have kept all nine of them on stage because all of them have things they need to hear. I- I'll say this. I agree with the top three. Or no, I agree with Got McWinning. I would probably have swapped out. I would have swapped out Simone for Denali for a top three. I think between her Harriet Tubman and that look, Simone was in the top three. 
I think there's clearly a top four and a bottom four. Agreed. And I'll... we can send Tina, Tina off to the island. She I needs to agree. be on by herself. Bitch. I'll, Bitch. I will co-sign. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I think literally a Tina Burner, you're safe, would have been so funny. Uh, like, like they all would have looked so confused. And then just giving a critique to everybody else would have been great. Yeah. Um... Because, yeah, Simone was in the top, Candy was in the bottom. And even if we kind of oscillate on which three were the three out of those four that were the worst or the best, Simone needed to be on that stage because that Harriet Tubman could have been a train wreck. And it wasn't. And it was amazing. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it should have gotten some praise. Yeah. Um, All right. So then we have the bottom three discussion and it comes to Utica and Elliot being the bottom two, which Hersla, who do you think should have been? The oh, bottom? this who do you think should have been safe? I think this should have been a three-way lip sync, honestly. Like, okay. there's like, I think Olivia did a perfectly did a very good job with her look, but she had a hmm. Did she have the? I did say she had one of the worst snatch games in history, and I can't take it back. I think you had higher expectations of her as a comedian that, than I did. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I just, I think. God, which of these two? I suppose I'm okay with Olivia being the one to be safe overall. I'll like maybe if it felt that felt like a report card safe. You know what I mean? Where it's like the, there's a there's a case to make for any two of these three to be in the bottom two, but Olivia's had a stronger season up to this point, so she gets to be safe. I don't know. To me, Utica had the worst performance, and then Olivia and Elliot are a toss up, but Elliot's look didn't really work, and for that reason, Olivia would have been safe. I, okay. I mean, clearly, I think Elliot was in the bottom based on runway and performance. I do think Report Card came in a little bit. Utica's been in the bottom three before and has been safe before. And I think it would have been very weird to have her in the bottom three again against someone who hasn't been there as much as she had and have Utica be safe. Yeah. I, Utica needed to lip sync again at some point. And I also think this was a very uh, Utica appropriate song. Yeah, yeah. What was the song again? Uh, Fascinated by Company B. I'd never heard of the song before. I always feel very old get it, when I get to some of these lip syncs where I'm like, is this what the ch- is this the music of the kids of today? It just uh, I don't know. But getting into the lip sync, was Elliot on Quaaludes? What happened? This whole episode, Elliot seemed like my antidepressants aren't working anymore. Like just, there was a, there was a sad sullenness in everything Elliot did. Um, there was that, very low energy. Yeah. Very just like, this is my plan. This is what we're doing. I don't really care. Yeah. And Utica killed it. Like Utica really knows how to kind of be wacky on stage and use that really long thin body for, visual appeal yeah um i was still except expecting more from elliot because they did so well we all in were. the former lip sync and like we know they're a performer and can dance and like none of that was on display um it really felt like it's a little it was a little bit of a wacky song that utica could do and i feel like elliot i did expect more but i do think elliot seemed like defeated from the top of this episode so like, I think in a vacuum, Elliot would have done better with the song, but I think it was just, like, not, like, the competition had gotten to, to her. Yeah. So. um, I like Elliot. I do feel a little like it was a rough position that Elliot was put in and sort of set the stage for things to not necessarily go great. Um, and on some level, Elliot looked so defeated, I was sort of happy for them to be no longer in this situation yeah that makes sense yeah this feels like the appropriate time for elliot like i don't know if elliot could have done better with a different character because i don't think elliot has shown strength in previous acting or improv challenges and this just i feel like this was the the barrier that was probably always gonna trip up elliot yeah yeah it was, it is, it was sad to see Elliot go just because I do feel like there's a little bit of a you're in an awkward situation sympathy, I guess. But 
But Utica earned, Utica won that hands down. So and oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so that that's that's another snatch game in the history books. Um, yeah, yeah, there were there there were some real highs and lows in this one. Overall, to me, this was a really unimpressive snatch. Yeah, game. like one of my least favorites. Um, I think Gottmik did a good job, and I feel like uh, the other people who did a good job, nobody like cracked me the fuck up. It's not like All Star Season Two snatch game where it's like I'll go and watch that on the fly. Like, yeah, this is like, eh. And I do feel like drag has changed so much that a lot of these girls aren't funny. And uh, I look forward to the next time we see a Snatch Game where it's a lot of drag comedians because this is not it. Yeah. I agree Uh, with everything you just said. Yeah, there aren't really a lot of, you know, Bobs or Biancas in this group. Like just that mode of drag queen. Yes. Or or even Pandora Box. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. need to be a stand-up comedian to still bring yeah. some levity and fun to situations. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for us this week. Valkyrie, thank you again for joining us. Always a delight to have you. Yes, likewise. Always fun. Thank, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. Bye! Bye.